0: Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's word and discover radical results along the way. Friends, I'm excited to have an awesome guest today. Now, I have known Lisa Pullum online for a while. We're kind of running the same circles. I always appreciate her work and her books, but this recording was the first time we got to sit down and talk, and really, I just wanted, after this interview, to make her my best friend. I think it's so awesome, all that she's doing, and especially on her website, more 2 be. And from the side, it says, a life and a legacy radically changed by the transforming work of God. Yes, that's my story, plain and simple. And in today's show, Lisa's going to be sharing about her life and how unexpected things happened and situations where she thought her life was going one way and ended up going another. But yet how she found faith in God. And I think this is so important. It's such important conversations to have because, you know, when we see people online, even if it's on Facebook or see people on Instagram, we think you guys have such a good life and you don't understand all my problems. And it seems like you're getting everything you want and your life is going along perfect. Why isn't God answering my prayers? But then we talk to these friends, even new friends, and we discover that they have had challenges too. They've had times when God has really not shown up as they thought he would have not that he's doing anything wrong but that our expectations are put in the wrong place and so i know that you're just going to enjoy this interview with lisa and um also be sure to check her out on her website more2be.com she has a podcast too Um, that I was actually on her podcast. so You can go over and check that out. But what I love is that she just puts it all out there. She shares how sometimes faith isn't so easy and how God also shows up in unexpected ways. So enjoy this conversation with Lisa. Well, welcome to Walk It Out. And I am so excited to have Lisa Pulliam here today. And we're gonna be talking about her book, unblinded faith. But first, Lisa, for those who may not be too familiar with you, just can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family?
1: Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you and connect with you today. I appreciate it. Um, I am a, your average girl living in the middle of Pennsylvania, not doing the life I thought I was supposed to be doing at this point in my My world, my husband and I, uh, Stephen, we've been married 22 years, which is a miracle considering what we both have come from. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have our oldest is 19, which means this is my last year of having all teenagers. My second is going to be 17 in October. And then we have twins and they're 13. And they, I love having teenagers. I really do. Like, it's the best. And uh, Apart from that, I am writing and speaking and coaching and lead the ministry of more to be. I I like to say I'm diversified so that if one area fails, I have another area to lean back (laughs) on. It's my plan B awesome Mm -hmm. yeah
0: teenagers we have three in the house and then four adult children well I guess the 18 year old's still a teenager yeah um she's away at college and then little ones. so it's it's fun years it's hard years but it's good years too yeah okay now I'm curious about how um you got into the
1: writing you know did you have little kids at home or how did that work So uh, technically, I'm a English major. So I should have been like pursuing a field of writing, but I didn't know what to write about. And so it wasn't until the twins were six months old, and a friend from college dared me to start a blog, back when it was blogspot.com. And I am a graphic designer by trade as well. And so I wasn't afraid of like the computer and all that setup, So I started a blog. My very first blog is no longer found. It was called the laundry alternative life from (laughs) underneath the laundry pile. Because at that point I had four under the ages of six and we had a lot of laundry to do. Uh, And so I started writing on that blog and then quickly discovered that I, I am a devotional writer. I'm a Bible study writer. I wanted to write about God's word and, in God's mercy, the twins slept incredible hours. They, Stephen would leave with the older girls at about 7, 7.30 in the morning, and the twins would sleep until like nine or 10. Oh, so wow. It was crazy. So basically I like inhaled my breakfast, ran to my chair, left the kitchen a disaster, had my quiet time with the Lord as like oxygen. I would never make it through the day without having that first dip with him. And then I started writing. And so that began a, a now 13 year later writing journey.
0: Yeah. And I really think, cause I started writing with little kids, and, you know, and I just started um, mostly with articles and stuff first, but I think when you only have a limited amount of time, you mm-hmm. have to get the words out. Yes. Um, you know, I think I have friends that have like their own offices and they can go away for the whole day. And I think I get more done because I'm like, I have an hour, like I have to get something down on paper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely the urgency. Like I remember at one point there was five minute Fridays and Lisa Joe Baker hosted that and that it was that kind of experience where the timer was set and it was like, quickly get everything out. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, cause a, a baby would wake or in my case too, and I, that would be the end of the day for me. Yeah.
0: Now you mentioned like you, you found you were a devotional writer. Was it more like what you felt pouring out of you or was it like the response
1: that you got from people as they were reading your blog? Or both. Oh, no response from people at all. <laughs> the first people who read my blog were, were people who I sent that I knew in real life that I sent a link to and I hoped that they had something nice to say. Yeah, but really it was, um, I think it was partly a therapeutic experience. So I, around that time that the twins were three, I stepped into counseling and so by that time, my writing was really becoming a, what is God teaching me through this healing season? Mm. And how am I learning about his faithfulness and kindness and, and love and grace and forgiveness? And so much of my writing has paralleled my journey of healing and my maturing in my faith.
0: Yeah. And I would love to hear about that because you said it's a miracle. You know, you're still married um, coming from your background. So I would just love to hear kind of a little bit about that story because I think all of us have... You know, I think we want, when we first start writing or ministering or speaking, like, we want to use all this good stuff that we do to be the things that we kind of write about. But God uses the things, the struggles, the hard stuff, those paths of healing and freedom that we find, those ends up being the things that we end up pouring out into the page. I'd just love to hear a little bit more about your story.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because I ran from it from a little bit as mm-hmm. being a part of my story, and I'm in a season of like, no, it's very much part of my story. So I um, grew up in a home that didn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, um, two different uh, faith backgrounds amongst my parents, and I grew up in a very abusive home emotionally and physically. Um, mm-hmm. I, I later found out in my 30s that basically my my dad, I'm probably like third generation physically abused. My dad was abused um, Mm. and did not know how to get a grip and and not do repeat the sins of his father, basically. Um, And and then there was emotional abuse, like the withholding of love, a lot of yelling and screaming, a lot of um, just didn't know when the other shoe was going to drop kind of sorts of situations. And Mm Uh, it made for a very toxic home environment, and and you know I look back and I think my poor parents they had no community, they had no faith basis to find help or healing through god 's work they they didn 't know how to do things any differently than what had been done because it was their normal, uh, and mm-hmm. when what happened for me. And it's really, I give all the credit to my mom for this, that God worked in her this way. Uh, She made me go work at this like good place. It was a summer camp where the people were good people. I'm doing air quotes to you here. Um, And working at that camp, I met Christians for the first time. And those Christians were my peers. And they talked to me about Jesus summer after summer after summer. And And uh, the short version is that I said yes and then I said no and shocked them and then uh, went off to a semester in London with a challenge from one of those friends of why do I wear a cross around my neck if Jesus is not my savior? And
0: Hmm.
1: what was the purpose of my life? He also sent me off with a book by Max Lucado called No Wonder They Call Him the Savior. And over the course of circumstances that transpired during that time in London, Uh, I I found out some pretty heartbreaking news about a friend's mom who died from cancer. And that was my crisis of faith. And this friend from back home sent me a Bible with passages underlined in it. And I didn't know what it meant, but God had provided (laughs) another friend who was a believer who became my best friend there. And I said, what does this mean? And she explained the gospel to me. And she said, Lisa, do you believe that you are a sinner? Like that you have, Broken the things that God wants you to do and disobeyed Him, and I'm like, yeah. She said, "Well, how do you think you're getting to heaven?" And I said, "I'm not. Like, mm. I, I'm an, there's a, there's an in list and an out list, and I'm on the out list." And she said, "That's not how it works. His His death on the cross paid the price of those sins. So if you believe in that for yourself, that's your ticket to heaven, essentially." And we went back and forth, and and that night I decided once and for all that. Jesus died for me and I would live for him. And it was remarkable uh, how God filled me with his presence so deeply. And yet, as, as you know, um, there was an external change, but it, it didn't fully penetrate my heart. So it was really another 10 to 15 years from that point before I ended up in counseling for my anger issues I was a screaming, yelling lunatic of a mama doing the things verbally in my, I never said the things that were said to me, but the tone might as well have said those things Um, and ended up in counseling Mm. for God to deal with the hardened parts of my heart that I had just packed away when I put my faith in him, not realizing that he could also deal with that.
0: I love how God used people in your life to just bring you the truth. And, you know, in my life, it was these older women that came to me when I was a pregnant teen that just loved on me and, and shared the truth. And I just love how you are doing that now, just reaching out to people and mm-hmm. sharing the truth through, you know, your books. Um, I would love to hear more about your new book, um, Unblighted Faith, and what was the purpose for writing that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So if anybody picks up a copy of Unblinded of Faith, they've already gotten a preview of some of the devotions based on what I already shared with my story, but <laughs> that, that book actually came to me. Uh, my agent at the time uh, knew that Harvest House was looking for a devotional writer who can turn around a book fast, and I happened to write really fast and love writing devotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I've not been an avid devotional reader because I, I tend to just go straight for the Word of God and the write from the overflow of what I read in His Word. So it was kind of an interesting yes. I, Harvest House offered me the opportunity to write this book, and it was under another title. And so um, the original title of the book we had to change because uh, we were threatened lawsuits that that title was being used by another person. So the, the book in and of itself was this idea of i wanted to write about the promises of god that don't just lead us towards the things that make us want to put quotes on coffee mugs Mm -hmm. but God to motivate us to live Mm -hmm. out our faith authentically so this isn't a feel-good devotional it's a transforming devotional where here are the the scriptures in the bible that call us into action to believe God's word and that taking the time to really think about that particular verse and looking at it in the context of that chapter in the Bible gives us an opportunity to say to God, what do you have to say about yourself and us in this particular passage Mm -hmm. so that we can live it out?
0: Yeah, that's my book. My last book that came out last year was Walk It Out. And it's the right. same the same concept. But I think I think one of the things that helped me the most was when someone said, you know, when you sit down with the Bible, say, yeah, God, what can I learn about you, and what do you want me to do with this? Yeah. Um, You know, it's not just about a happy moment that we can, you know, bring sunshine in our day, but His word, yeah. like He tells us to do things, and He tells us to impact others, and um, you know, it's just not about us. I think so many times. As Christians, I I believed at first it's just about me and having a good day and living my life and loving others. But really, there's a world out there that we need to impact for for Him, and He wants us to reach them. He has a heart for those people out there, and so I love how you know this is a transforming devotional um, that you talked about. So, when you a reader sits down with us, what do you really hope that they walk away with after? you know, sitting down like with a cup of coffee or even in the evening um, with the devotional?
1: What I hope they come away with is what they can find in 2 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 4. So when I was in that situation where we had to change the title, the manuscript was already written. Mm. And I was like, all right, Lord, it is up to you. And I sat down at my desk and I opened my Bible. I'm like, God, I I need a title. And I had been studying 2 Corinthians throughout that season, And he brought me to this passage um, in chapter four, and I'll pick up with verse three here. It says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. And the passage continues on talking about the light of Christ that shines in the darkness and shines in our hearts and talks about, um, Paul continues to describe how we are fragile clay vessels by which Christ dwells within and then I love it because he, he kind of then says, and life is hard. Like mm-hmm. we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. And so I, I looked at this passage and I thought this was the heart of the book. Like, mm-hmm. like a girl's life is hard. But but God has conquered the hard and Jesus has come and already experienced the hardest part of our heart. And we need to remind ourselves of this truth in his word every single day so that we can live unblinded rather than blinded. And so that that process is something that, that I, my hope and prayer is that it will be contagious, that the kind of daily encounter with God and his word would just ooze out of the women who are reading this book, and then touch the lives of the next generation that I'm so passionate about reaching. But those who know the Lord and those who don't know the Lord, so that they they will be like ambassadors of Christ in the world that God has put them in.
0: That is so good, and I love the unblinded part. It made me think about um, you know, for so many years I tried to like forget all the pain of my past, and I was a teen mom, and I had an abortion when I was 15. It's like let's just not think about that let's just go on and do our really good christian things and um you know because i think this dealing with like the thought of the sin and how much that hurt god was just so overwhelming and how much it hurt me and Mm -hmm. realizing like i went through a bible study and just realizing that i was walking in darkness and i was blind like i was blind to the truth i was blind to god and i was trying to do my best like groping around in darkness and it was that was totally the image that i was in this completely dark room completely blind like trying to find answers you know this is going to be an answer abortion is going to be an answer i don't have to deal with you know a pregnancy tomorrow and go to school pregnant so god i think mm-hmm. really gave me that picture of i was blind but now i have light like i wouldn't go back and do those things now because i have light and truth and hope in my life and i think so many times um, when people are thinking about, you know, seeking God or hearing about him, they just, they're blind. They they just walk in darkness and just understanding that he is light and he is hope and he is truth. And, you know, he has given us that
1: freedom from the past. Um, and I just love that message so much. That's good. It's good. Yeah. The, the before and the after. Uh, I feel like sometimes the problem is that we're, we're in the after part that God has rescued us and saved us and created us as a new creation, but we're living like the old, mm-hmm. uh, it, not only in regards to the past, like you and I both did, but, but even in the very moment, like, are we walking out with our eyes wide open, uh, the work and the, the identity that God has given us?
0: Yeah, and you talk about, you know, sitting down and having God's word and saying, okay, what do you want me to do? It takes that faith to then do it. We can know everything that God wants us to do, but then it's the faith. And it's really like trusting that God will be there and he has our best intentions in mind. And, you know, when we've grown up in homes where people may not have have always had our best intentions in mind, it's kind of hard to think like, okay, I'm going to do this, but
1: something bad might happen. But God, you know, even if
0: there is challenges, God does have our best intentions
1: in mind. Yeah, definitely. It's been 25 years since I put my faith in the Lord. And I would say it's taken 25 years for me to get to a place where 95% of the time, I believe God has his best in mind for me. Mm -hmm. 5% of the time, I'm still anticipating, is that shoe going to drop? Am I going to get in trouble? Uh, and, And God's reminding me again and again, you are my beloved. Be loved. Like, do this thing with the identity that you are my beloved and not doing it from a place of fear. Because with love comes freedom to walk out what he calls us to walk out. I mean, there's your words for your book of walk it out. But mm-hmm. we, have, we have to have that identity that we are already loved by God to do that with courage. Mm-hmm.
0: So and I know you're really encouraging people to take those steps of faith I would love to hear, I know you have um, a 90 days of faith challenge. I'd love to hear more about that. Cause I'm like, that sounds so cool to just step people through walking out their faith.
1: Yeah. So I did the 90 days of faith challenge because I feel like 90 days is a really long commitment. I mean, it's just, it's just a long commitment. I, whenever I've done like a 30 day devotional, it, it can take me six months. Like yeah, wait, honestly, <laughs> Like I, I mean, that requires like 90 consecutive days. So what I um, have done is that if you go to unblindedfaith.com, you could sign up for the 90 days of faith challenge. And you will get an email every single day in your inbox for each of the devotions, but the devotions aren't in there, you have to go grab your book. Mm -hmm. so that you can use the book. And then there's also an opportunity to participate on our Facebook posts. So for all 90 days, there's 90 Facebook posts at our More To Be Facebook page. So there's a question that you can answer on that page, or you can answer the question that's already in the devotion. At the end of every devotion, there's a scripture prayer, and then there's an application question. But the idea is like some accountability. You have to like, you can physically feel like you've done something with what you've read. And then where we draw winners from, from time to time of those who have show demonstrated active participation, there's an opportunity to, to win certain prizes because who doesn't like a good incentive?
0: I know. And getting a fun prize. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But
1: I love that there yeah. is
0: accountability um, that you're you know, pulling people together. And saying, yeah, yeah, we can do this together. Like you'll have to do it alone. And I remember when I first became a Christian and I was a young mom and a new wife. I remember getting to the end of the day and thinking, I didn't even think about God all day, let alone yeah. think about reading my Bible. And it's hard to make those adjustments in our minds and our hearts. Um, and so I love that you're just challenging people and giving them the tools and the incentive to be able to do that, to take that the, take those steps of faith.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a it's an important thing to do, and it's a hard thing to do. It's hard mm-hmm. when you have small children and they're clamoring at you. It's hard when you have old children, it's hard and you have no children, and you're working full time running ministries and uh, caring for parents. I mean, it, we, I think we do thinking it will be better fill in the blank, <laughs> uh, but it's it's right now that the investment in the word is going to be the thing you cling to when you really are in crisis and you don't have time to read scripture. And Mm so, you know, my goal really that anybody will remember and I wrote an unblinded faith. I'm, I'm not interested in them knowing me better. Although I share my story throughout, I'm interested in them having an encounter with God and reading his word and clinging to Jesus more and more each day.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, what are you working on now? Is there something new that you have
1: in the works? Can you tell us? (laughs) Um, so not yes and no. I mean, the Lord has recircled me. I kind of feel like, you know, when you circle the wagons, like expression, like, Mm -hmm. so um, a real focused energy and time devoted to the ministry of more to be and looking at the women who benefit from what we have to offer and, and asking the question of how can I serve them even deeper? Hmm. Uh, so I'm writing uh, a little bit on the topic of holiness I'm writing on the topic of uh, being God's beloved but those things aren't coming they're not ready to be released yet I don't I'm not rushing it yeah Uh, yeah so those topics are really something that I've been diving into and then the more to be podcast is keeping me plenty busy with interviewing people and hearing their stories and preparing the content
0: yeah and that is so fun too to Just connect, and and that's what I love about podcasting. Is I feel like I get to sit down with a friend, get to know them better, (laughs) get to know their hearts, and uh, because I always think, okay, you know, I mean, there's so many things going on in my life, uh, but it's I feel
1: like it's like mom time. It's
0: time I could just have talking with someone and getting to know them. So I
1: love it. Yeah, I have found it's really met a need for me as an extrovert to have that. I don't. It probably it's almost about weekly. I do a podcast interview. But to be able to have that, it feels like a cup of coffee out with a friend, but it doesn't cost me the cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the, you know. And then, how many times have I sat down with a friend and I've had such a great conversation? And I thought, man, I wish my daughter could hear this right now. Or, I would really like to tell you know so and so this truth that I gleaned. And now I feel like as a podcaster, I get to serve the people that I have committed to serving by giving them the people that are already speaking into my life. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And I love how you just get to know like the podcasters well. And it was so fun. I was just at the declare conference and oh. like some, some of the people that I listened to were there and like Ian Watson would be one of them. I'd like hear her voice and I'd find myself like turning to see where know. you know she was. Cause I'm like, I know this voice, but it's so fun that it just feels like, okay, you are getting a deeper connection because words on the page. I mean, you do get to know someone's heart, but just yeah. to like, even hear someone's voice and, you know, it just it becomes familiar to you. It's super
1: fun to to connect in that way. It definitely is. More time with people, the better. That's my opinion. But I'm yeah. an extrovert, so <laughs> I'm an I'm extrovert a- that works from home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm an introvert, but I'm with kids all the time, and I just want some adult conversations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I even though, like, days. yeah, even though, like, big crowds, you know, I mean, it, it tires me. Um, just being with kids, I'm like, mm-hmm. I just want
1: to talk about, other things other
0: than our homeschool work yeah. or whatever we're doing.
1: Well, you'll laugh at this then. We we lived at a boarding school for 18 years. Oh and my I mean, that's like an extrovert dream. But then I also had four children. And under the age of six, I used to have to take a nap every single day. And then all of a yeah. sudden, everybody went to school and I didn't need to nap quite as much, nor do I, I hardly nap at all since we moved away from the boarding school because I'm taking it in at such a capacity that my extroverted self would be like, "Great, enough, <laughs> shut down." Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. Well, that's interesting. Living in a boarding school. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Looking back, it was fantastic. At the time, it was. I used to say, "It's life, this side of heaven," but it's also this side of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. um looking back, I can tell you, I learned about the sovereignty of God, his faithfulness, the the power of forgiveness, uh, what it looks like to use your gifts. Like I learned so much in that community because of the adults that were mentoring me. Mm. Even, I mean, I was an adult in the community, but there were faculty members and spouses that were older than me. And then there were those younger than me. And because we were there for so long, we quickly became the older ones and, and then being surrounded from t- with teenagers from all over the world, I feel like God gave me that experience to heal, transform, and sanctify me. Mm. And so at the time, I would have said, it's really hard not to own your own house. It's really annoying. You have to show up at chapel at a certain time. You can't go to your own church. It's really annoying. You have to be like on the school schedule. It's really annoying that my husband works like six jobs at one place with not a very big paycheck. Yeah. Like I would have complained about all those things. But in hindsight, I was privy to biblical community at a depth that most people don't even get to taste in their ordinary life. And I've become... I think I've become insanely passionate about helping women cultivate biblical mentoring relationships as a result of it, because we have to go after that. It's not going to just come into our lives if we're not looking for it.
0: Yeah. And I think people miss out when they don't have those relationships with people of different ages. You know, my mm-hmm. my grandma's 89 and she right. lives with us and um my uh, not officially adopted but daughter who's 31 got trained to be her caregiver so it's you know me at home with this with the six kids that I'm homeschooling now Kaylee's 31 she's caring for grandma who's 89 this is it is this community that we're yeah. all here and supporting each other and I get that on a daily basis so That's yeah, and awesome. you have that to a much larger <laughs> capacity there but it is you know when I see my sweet little 89-year-old grandma in there singing praises to Jesus as she reads her
1: devotion, it's just, it's precious and it's special. Um, and it's something that I don't take for granted. That's awesome. It's awesome that you could see it when you're in it, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like oftentimes we don't see what we have until after it's gone.
0: Yeah. And she'll tell me, she's like, she's like, Tricia, these are the best years of your life as the kids are running around and screaming <laughs> going crazy. And I'm like, you know, you're right. This, this, is, this is the best years of my life. And she says it all the time. So it's awesome it's to
1: have that. Great to have her there. There yeah. was one time that this was before we left the boarding school. I was sitting on a bench waiting for my kids to get off the bus. And it was at the end of the, the school year. And this gal, Kathy, who had known me at this point, probably 16 years, uh, she she came up to me and she said, are you doing okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. What's going on? She goes, I'm just been, God's really been laying you on my heart. You have lost so many deep, meaningful friendships in the last three years. Mm -hmm. And with Brooke leaving after only one year, she goes, I just don't know how you're you're handling it right now. And it was a life changing conversation that, that took place in three minutes. It's not like, it's not like Kathy and I ever spent a lot of time together. We were in places together. We knew each other. We knew each other's kids names and that sort of thing. But she was, you know, well, her children were my, closer to my age. So, I mean, that's how much older she was for me. Um, but the fact that she could see me from afar and acknowledge that the depth of friendship I had with this gal, Brooke and the pain that it would be with her leaving, it was like it gave me permission to grieve. Mm. And I think without her having said that at that exact moment, I would not have walked as well through that grieving process. And and that kind of like, I think that can happen in our churches. I think it can happen in our neighborhoods. Um, But I think we need to be women who say, I'm going to look for that. I'm going to be that. Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna believe that there's a value in one conversation, just like your grandma, she says one thing and she's changing your entire perspective, and that's what we have the opportunity to do as women in yeah. each other's lives.
0: That is so good. I just know we could talk all day. Yes, we <laughs> you could. and I um, could get <laughs> um, But I would love for you to share. I know um, you have the podcast and your awesome website, your books. I would just love for you to share. Um, Where can listeners just get more information if they want to continue, which I know they will to connect with you.
1: Yeah. So more to be M O R E T O B E. It doesn't mean more to do. It (laughs) means more to become more bright and beautiful, more like Jesus. So our mission at more to be is all about helping women have a fresh encounter with God and his word so that they can live transformed and impact the world kingdom hope. And so if that's what your listeners are looking for, I, I hope and pray that they'll pop over. We offer things like mentor training. Oh, wow. uh, we have an online course and I write a lot about mentoring. Uh, we offer life coaching. We offer coach training, which uh, even if you don't wanna launch coaching practice, is great, I think it should be required. Um, education for every human being to learn how to communicate better and ask good questions. And we have devotionals, resources, and all sorts of goodies.
0: I love that so much. I'm like, coach training. I have uh, six girls, 18 and under, and a little boy. That might
1: be something I need. Yeah. Well, it, it changed my parenting. It, it took me out of the place of feeling like I needed to be their savior and mm-hmm. put me in the place of seeing how I could co-labor with God, who's life-changing,
0: Mm, I love Definitely. that so
1: much so you can yeah. check that out more to be yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. well Lisa thank you so much for being here I'm uh, just so thankful for you I'm thankful for your heart and I'm thankful for you sharing your story with us today
1: uh, thanks for having me Trisha it's a pleasure to be with you and I feel encouraged to so thank you for the time yeah thank you so much
0: Friends, I am so thankful for Lisa. I am so thankful just her heart and her faith. And even though there's challenges, that she has turned to God. She has trusted him. She has seen that he is the good news. And that by faith, we all can make a choice of what we believe about God. And we can choose to follow him with all our hearts. We can choose to trust in our own understanding. And I'm so thankful that Lisa has put her her whole heart, and all her faith into God. Now today's Walk It Out Scripture is 2 Corinthians 1, 21-22. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. So let me just pray for Lisa and for you. First of all, God, I am so thankful for Lisa. I am so thankful for what you're doing in her life. I'm so thankful that you are encouraging uh, other women through her and through her ministry and through her faith that as she encourages others, that they will just understand who you are and the good plans that you have um, for their lives. I pray for Lisa. I pray that you'll bless her ministry and do exceedingly more than she asked or imagined. And for all of us, Lord, I just pray that you will help us understand even greater what you are doing in our lives, that you have plans for us and that the Holy Spirit is a promise of what is to come. And the Holy Spirit is there to lead us as we step out and take these walks of faith in you. Dear Lord God, I pray for every listener out there. Maybe someone's really struggling with faith struggling with the ability to trust you they've just been hurt lord and they're afraid to open their heart to you i pray right now that you will just soften their hearts and make them um, just take these steps of faith and know that they can trust you and that you are waiting as they step out it's in your name we pray amen well i am so thankful that you tuned in to walk it out today and i know Um, that you were blessed by Lisa's story, just like I was. And I pray that, um, You will just share this episode, share other episodes with a friend that we may be able to encourage each other and point each other towards the good news of Christ. Um, And also, if you have a chance, head over to iTunes and leave a review. It just helps this podcast be discovered by others. As always, I'm so thankful for my publisher, David C. Cook, for sponsoring this podcast. And I know that they are just doing amazing things to spread the gospel all over the world. So be sure to check out my books, um, Walk It Out, and then also my new book that just released with David C. Cook, Calming Angry Kids. And my hope that both of these books will just help encourage women, whether they're struggling with angry kids or they're just trying to figure out what God's good plan is for their lives. As always, friends, I am so thankful for you, and I pray that you will have a wonderful week. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.